You are listening to Secrets to Scale. I'm your host, Tanner Scott, CEO of Ranksy Digital Marketing, and this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. This week, I have Dennis Gillen on the show. He is a mental health advocate. Dennis and I talk all about why mental health is so important to business owners and why it's so important for them to take care of themselves and not only themselves, but their employees as well. This is a really great topic and I really enjoyed this interview and I hope you guys do too. Welcome to the show, Dennis. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about a very serious topic. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Sure, Tanner. My name is Dennis Gillen, and I thought I was supposed to be the super duper businessman by now, but it turns out my life took a couple turns, and I'm now a mental health advocate uh, following a a mission in life to uh, improve the uh, conversation around mental health. What's your story? How did you get started in becoming an advocate for mental health? Sure. It started in college where I, was, I took a business track. I was an accounting major going from my bachelor of science and business administration. And then I was going to come out and do what I had to do. Um, I did that. And I actually got a really good job uh, after, after college. But during college, I lost my older brother, Mark, my junior year, which is pretty much the midpoint of anyone's college career right in the beginning of my junior year. So halftime, I come out of the uh, huddle, uh, the, the locker room and, and junior year, I get a call that my older brother, Mark, right in October, uh, died. And my sister told me on the phone that he died uh, in a car accident. They didn't know what to tell me. They didn't know what, they just wanted me home. I was eight hours from home. And uh, I learned later that day that my brother died in a car, but it was no accident. Mark suffered from depression and he died by suicide. So I had to go home during college. I figure I'm 20 years old. Uh, I go home and we bury Mark. Gosh, I got the news on a Wednesday. Thursday, I'm back in New York where I grew up. I was at school at West Virginia. I come back Tuesday to school, just did a quick weekend and we pretend nothing happened. I just go back to normal. I graduate on time, four years, a couple, I took one summer session. We, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> Wasn't the best dude, but it happened. You know, I had a, a major life crisis happened in the middle of my career. Then I go, um, I go home and I get a job with Merck Pharmaceuticals. You know, a pretty good job, sales rep. Eventually, uh, uh, throughout my career, I made it up to district manager. But during when I was a sales rep, I got a call uh, other than Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And 11 years after Mark died, and I'm one of five kids, Tanner, one of five, and the uh, Sheila, Mark, now in heaven, me, Janice, and Matthew. And I got a call again from Janice. And every time she calls me at this day, my heart skips a beat. Uh, she called me and told me that Matthew died. Uh, and he died by suicide as well. So that's two brothers over 11 years, you know, two of five in the family. And it rocked my world. That one rocked my world. I was uh, married at the time, living in Carlisle. Thought I was living the American dream. Little house. Going to start a family. And I went into a major funk. Huge funk after that. Dark. Um, 
thank God my employer, I want to give a shout out to them. Um, they, they had an employee assistance program and I got counseling. And I, um, at the time, I tell myself I was, I like to imbibe in alcohol beverages and I was, that's how I was coping with Mark's death. And after Matthew died, I stopped drinking totally. I got hammered the night of his funeral and I just stopped. So I'm 26 years sober. So I got that going for me. So you combine the sobriety piece with the mental health piece, you know, going to see a professional. Um, it's probably the reason I'm still here today. Wow. You know, that had to have been incredibly difficult. I mean, I think a lot of us are aware that suicide is definitely an issue, but I think a lot of us think that, you know, that's not going to happen to me. It just happens. You just hear about it. Right. But, you know, it really hits home when it impacts you. Right. And I just, I just have, I have a hard time putting myself in that situation understanding how I would feel in that situation, but man, it had to have been incredibly tough. I have a hard time putting myself in that situation because one time I heard myself being introduced, the first time I really got into speaking, and I was at the University of South Carolina, and they invited me to come up and talk to these psychology interns. And Tanner, they're introducing this guy that lost two brothers to suicide, and I had an out-of-body experience. I'm sitting there listening to them introduce this guy, and I go, wow, that poor schmuck. And then I realized it's me. They said my name. I was like, crap, it's me. And you, so I, I agree with you totally. You can't fathom it. And then it happens not once, but twice, 11 years apart. And then to hear someone externally describe you as that person, here's a guy who lost two brothers to suicide. I lost it. That was the worst talk ever. I cried the entire hour. Thank God it was a small group of psychology interns who were very understanding. What, what do you believe is the biggest contribution to everybody's daily mental health struggles? Well, 2020, 2020 has been a struggle for all of us, uh, you know, prolonged stress. But they, they look at, and I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to play one on TV. They're on in-state of Holiday Inn Express, you know, none of that stuff. You know, I'm just a normal guy that was bopping through life when this happened to me. But I do believe, one, we're, we're hard on ourselves. We're harder on ourselves than anyone ever would be. And um, someone once gave me advice that Dennis, you should treat yourself like you treat one of your kids. If one of your kids fell down, you'd pick them up and go, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And you'd build them up. Why don't we do that to ourselves? And then, uh, you know, if you look at the world I live in, suicide prevention, and we want to go upstream to talk about mental health, to your question, a lot of it's trauma-based. Something happened to somebody that shouldn't have happened. Pure evil happened. You know, I was doing this talk at a homeless shelter, and I would hear stories from these folks you know, they were kids, they were little and stuff happened to them and it should never have happened. And it set them on a, a trajectory that wasn't positive. So there's, there's that component. And then there's a chemical imbalance, you know, a biological aspect to it where your brain chemistry is just off and that's okay. They, you know, they make great advances in trying to fix that. So you, you wrap all that around uh, and it's, it's almost multifactorial at that point. There's a lot going on. I know that you're a firm believer in volunteering. Can you tell us how volunteering can impact someone's mental health in a positive way? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny about volunteering. We often do it. I, I've done it myself for selfish reasons. You know, hey, this will look good on my resume if I do this. You know, so I'll go do it. You know, hey, Habitat Humanity, I'll go paint a house. And you end up going. And you're so glad you went when you get back in the car. I've done this a couple of times. I think it's going to look good for me. 
And then I get back in the car and go, holy, I'm a changed person because of that, because I met the people we were paying the house for. So the mental health benefits of volunteer are simple. You know, it reduces your stress. You, you, know, you can get everything you want when you help others get what they want. There's all kinds. It's like seven different positive factors. The last one I love is it makes you happy. It makes you happy. And that's all I need to do. Yeah, I mean, how how can you not be happy when uh, your contribution impacts someone's life so much, right? And that's it. When you start living outside yourself, when you give up a part of yourself, big parts come back. So speaking of 2020, what impact do you think COVID-19 has had on everyone's mental health and even just contributing to the global suicide epidemic? What are some ways that everyday people can cope with the effect that COVID-19 has had on their lives? Yeah, this is a prolonged stress event because I remember, my, I, I'm a public speaker. My last public speaking event was March 7th, you know, and then everything just shut down. And I was going to have a pretty good year, I thought, in spreading some love around the world and talking about why you should live. COVID-19, is, is, it's a prolonged stressful event, but, you know, I'm going to be a silver lining kind of guy here. Uh, if we get through this, and we will, we'll be more resilient on the other end. You know, Tanner, we've heard, you've probably heard of post-traumatic stress disorder. Extremely real. I've talked to people who've had it. You know, I may had a touch or two of it after Mark and Matthew died. Um, there's a thing called post-traumatic stress growth. And if we could kind of put our eyes on that where you, you're, you're formed tired of relationships. You know, you know this now, when you get together with somebody, you talk to someone, before, it's a different conversation. It's a little deeper. I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? I mean, you really, really mean it because we don't know, you know, when we're going to see him again, you know, live and in person. So a lot of good things can happen to this silver lining kind of guy. I, I imagine the stress is there. I got it. It's stressful for me. My business went nowhere. Um, but I, I'm going to say that we're going to come out of this stronger, better. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I'm a silver linings type of person as well. I think that COVID has really taught us that we don't have to be in the same room as someone to connect with them. And I also think that it's helped us keep in touch with people that we otherwise wouldn't have if we weren't physically there with them. I think that it's made it more socially acceptable to reach out to your loved ones and see how they're doing. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. When you were talking, I was thinking, about, look at this. There's, there's a guy in Utah and a guy in South Carolina having a conversation face-to-face. We never met each other. But yet we're already connected on this deeper level uh, than we've ever been. Tanner, there's a good chance I never would have met you. Um, or I'd be too busy to even talk to you right now because I'd be so busy publicly speaking. But life throws you curveballs. Now, I don't want to be all, you know, all civil lines, like life is Skittles and unicorns this COVID thing stinks on ice. I got it. It is not fun at all. 2020 has been a year just keeps kicking us. Um, but I think if we just got to keep getting up, that's all. Yeah. And I think, like you said, we'll come out stronger. It's really just what I feel like a trial on our part, right? I think it forces us to come out stronger, right? Because what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Absolutely. And there'll be, there'll be days like hopefully in 2021, we'll think about something and someone go, Hey, you remember 2020? Yeah. All right. I got it. This is not that big a deal. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So 
you know, the reason I brought you on the show is because I, I really think that business owners need to take care of their mental health if they want to scale their businesses, right? And I firmly believe that. So what are your thoughts on that? And what are some ways that business owners can take care of themselves better? I'm so glad, Terry, you're talking about the business owner because it starts at the top. If you're the owner, owner of the business, you are the top. And uh, as a business owner myself, you, you think about it 24-7. It just invades every aspect of your life. You need to get away. One thing I would do is set the tone early at the top that a mental health day is okay. We've seen this on the web when people, you know, business owners and bosses have blessed it and said, hey, we got this. And if I was a business owner and I was going to, you know, get my business up to scale. And I still may, you know, if this thing comes back and I start hiring people, I'm going to make sure I offer an employee assistance program that has mental health, knowing full well that that bailed me out of a very dark spot. So we all, you know, health insurance in America is a brutal expense for any business owner. I get it. I'm paying it. I got it. Stinks on ice. But I do know that my insurance also gives me a $20 copay to see a mental health professional. And I like that part. Yeah. And so I think that's a very important point, right? As business owners, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our people and in more ways than what we're used to, right? Because, you know, traditionally it was, all right, we give them health insurance so they can go see a doctor, get a surgery or have a baby and not have it break them financially. But we're to the point as a society that, everyone out there, I don't care who you are, everyone struggles with mental health. I think some people just handle it better than others. But as employers, we need to take care of our employees' mental health because to me, that's even more important than physical health because, you know, if they're unable to come in and perform, then you might as well just give them a day off, right? Like mental health day, like you just mentioned, what's the point in forcing them to come in and being unhappy and working in an environment where they're not going to set up for success? There's a, there's a world health organization study, an economic benefit. You, you talk to business owners, you got to talk return on investment. You got to talk money and I get it for every dollar spent on mental health, you know, it comes back to help you out $4. So what your example right there, say a guy calls up on a Tuesday and says, man, I'm not having it today. Don't drag him in. He's going to be worthless on Tuesday, and then I'll be a hangover on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You say, dude, stay home. Come back Wednesday swinging. You're going to get a better Wednesday, Thursday, Friday out of this guy because you gave him Tuesday off. So great point, Tanner. You know, for every, I think the World Health Organization study was for every dollar spent, four to five dollars come back in economic benefit when they spend it on mental health. So well, that's really interesting. I did not know that, but I'm not, I can't say that I'm surprised. Um, I mean, mental health and productivity kind of go hand in hand and you kind of have to take care of both of them. So, you know, mental health for employees needs to be a priority, just like everything else. I don't see why employers aren't giving mental health days with sick days, right? Because in a sense, it's kind of the same thing. Like you feel, don't feel your best when you need a mental health day, right? Correct. And there's a thing out there called mental health parity, which is, you know, you should be treating physical health mental health just as much as you're treating physical health. So it's a, actually a law. And if you want to get political, and I don't, but it was Bush and Obama, Obama both signed it. So we're both parties. So everybody's happy. 
Don't write in, don't hit us up with the email. We got both sides that agree on this. And that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about mental health is, you know, both sides of the aisle agree that we need to do something. But sometimes when it comes to funding or, or, or budgets, it just doesn't get the, the attention it needs. So that dollar, that study from World Health Organization showing the dollar spent up front, four to five on the back, business owners will get that. Yeah, and you know, it does start at the top. Businesses need to take care of their employees' mental health. But I think ultimately the biggest part of the responsibility falls on the individual themselves, right? Because it, everyone knows there's a stigma with mental health. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to admit that they have issues with their mental health. So I think that it's also important for individuals to take, care, take the initiative and take care of their mental health on their own. And like you mentioned before, congratulate yourself on the small things, right? I mean, just the smallest things like getting out of bed and going to work. For some people, that's a really big struggle. So you should be proud of yourself. Oh, small victories every day. When Matthew died, if I got out of bed by noon, it was a victory. You know, it was just, I was down for the count for those two weeks afterwards. I was like, wow, I rocked my world. So you're right, small victories. Sometimes it's hard though, Tanner, to, to be the one that sees it because you're in it, you're in the weeds. So it's always good to have someone come up to you and a real good friend and say, are you okay? You know, really, are you okay? I'm not leaving until you tell me the right answer. Are you okay? I'm, sometimes we say that in passing, hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine, living the dream, you know? And we don't, we don't even stick around for the answer. But that's a, that's a campaign that's out there now. Are you okay? You know, how are you really? Yeah, I th that's true. I think a lot of our small talk conversations are just so surface level that, you know, those kind of things don't come out. And I know that you being an advocate for mental health, you probably really focus on that when you talk to people. Um, going back to your TED talk that you did, your, uh, your speech at TEDx, you talked about how you lived in an apartment building. I don't know if you still do now or how old that episode was, but you got a group of guys together and you got breakfast with them every morning. And those are guys you didn't know, right? But you were so genuine and you actually cared about them and spent time with them and really uncovered how they tick. And you didn't have to do that. And you really just wanted to help them, right? We were, it's funny, we had a common area in our apartment building, and I'm, I'm no longer there, but I am happy to report I am still having breakfast with those guys, uh, and we had it yesterday, as a matter of fact, outside. We, have a, we found a place that's outside, and um, we had this common area, I'm going to try to, it won't help your podcast much, but I'll show you a picture, I'll show it to you on the, on the Zoom. We have a common area in our apartment, we just used to see each other, just casual, hey, small talk, hey, you know, let me know when you're done with the coffee machine. Then one day I was talking to this guy, and we got to be good, pretty good friends. And I said, one day we should go to breakfast off campus. We used to joke that our, our apartment building was like a campus. Like, we should go off campus. And uh, we walked downtown. It, was, it started small. It was three of us. And uh, it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And I think I could, yesterday it was five or six guys. But I could barely see it on the, not going to show you in Zoom, but I'm pro that's proof positive that it happened yesterday. Five or six guys showed up. There's an appetite for this. And for your podcast listeners, I just showed Tanner a picture of five, six guys sitting at a table outside now with the corona, um, social distance, but we need each other. And it grew out of a, a real need just to talk. So my day is better. We, we meet the first and third Thursday 
of every month. And sometimes I make it, sometimes I don't. Life gets in the way. But when I make it, like I did yesterday, and I'm there at 8 o'clock, and I left at 9, and um, I just seem to have a better day. It's just a good way to start my day. See these guys talk, how's it going? I moved out of the apartment building. They tell me what's going on over there. We talk about stuff, you know, and then we, we just move on. And it's just, it just makes my day to stay in touch with these guys. Cause it, we, we could have just, I could have just lived in an apartment, been friends with them then moved out and never seen him again. But this is still a connection that, that keeps going. Yeah. So I think the responsibility kind of falls on our population as a whole, right? To, go out of our comfort zone and build relationships with complete strangers because those people really need that. And we need it. I need it. You know, it's almost an issue of self-preservation. I started that thing because I needed guys. I needed to hang out with guys. Uh, men need men and 78% of all suicides are guys. Women are not off the hook. They have more attempts. But as we get older, and I watch it with my father, we, we, we tend to lose friends. And I'm really cognizant of that because of what I do as a mental health advocate. I'm trying to grab everybody and you know, creeping, you know, keep in touch with people. It's work. I get it. And there's introverts out there. And I posted that picture of us having breakfast. And one person said, I enjoy my quiet mornings. And I'm going to tell you, you know what? So do I. It's only twice a month. <laughs> I'm, not asking you, I'm not asking you to go, you know, to a packed stadium and have, you know, with all your friends, I'm six. It started out with three guys having breakfast, and I could do you know started out once a month, and then we, we decided we liked it. So I do enjoy you know my introverted times when I'm sitting having coffee, just reading at my, at my counter. But I really enjoy having coffee with someone else. Yeah, and I I think that's amazing that you do that, and I just I can see that you're just such a genuine person that you care about every living soul. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with your past, but I think a lot of people listening have a lot to learn when it comes to stuff like that. I think you're onto something there because when you go through anything and everybody listening to this, Tanner, yourself included, has gone through something. Fair enough, right? That was not the way we wanted it to go. We come out the other side a little more compassionate and empathetic. And that does, it, it, it did its work on you. It, it wasn't ideal, but it did something positive to you. I hope it did. It could also have a negative effect, but try to look at the positive. Well, this has all been amazing, Dennis. Uh, is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? Well, if the, if the audience is struggling or wants to get involved in mental health, there's almost coast to coast is these organizations like the National Alliance of Mental Illness, uh, Mental Health America. There's somewhere in your neighborhood, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, there's some club or some organization that you could tap into. There's a lot of recovery groups out there as well. They're out there. I'm going to ask you all and your listeners to take the first step and reach out to them. They're not going to find you. You have to find them. And they're there. They'd love to hear from you. Well, I, th I think that's some great advice, Dennis. What's a good way for anyone listening to get in contact with you? Sure. The simplest way, Tanner, and I thank you for asking is I have a website, which is basically my name. I'm not that creative. I told you I was an accounting major. <laughs> We're not known for our creativity. It's Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, Gillen, G-I-L-L-A-N.com. A lot of my stuff's up there. Uh, the TEDx talk you references up there on loneliness. Uh, a lot of media pages. I blog every now and then. Um, 
that's a good way to start. And there's also a contact page. If you want me to do a Zoom call or come to see your organization when the corona goes bye-bye, I'll do it. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, Tanner, I really appreciate you, you and taking the time to put this on your podcast. It's, it is a very important subject, our mental health. Thank you for listening to this episode of Secrets of Scale. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more episodes like it, go ahead and click on that subscribe button. Music for this podcast was written and produced by Trace and Classy.